and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. This is Labors in the Harvest podcast. I want to thank you for being back with us again this week for this uh, next episode of Labors in the Harvest. Uh, today we pick up our conversation with uh, missionary, pastor, evangelist Dwight Tomlinson. Uh, if you were with us last week, you heard the beginning of his story. And of course, we got to the point where he had left for Bible college and uh, we talk about him uh, meeting his wife. Uh, today and the, of course the the journey of ministry that God has taken him on. So again, thank you so much for being with us today. I hope that you'll enjoy uh, the rest of my conversation with Dwight Tomlinson, and uh, we'll speak to you in just a few moments as we conclude this episode. And then, how uh, from uh, that little Bible college up there, uh, you ended up at Baptist Bible College in Springfield, I Missouri. Did. Is that correct? I did. Yes, sir. Okay. I actually got a hold of a book. I think it was the uh, 10 fastest growing Sunday schools, or maybe oh, yeah. it was the 10 yeah. largest Sunday schools. It was one of those two. It was written by Elmer Towns. Sure. Somebody gave me that book, a little booklet. And I noticed that of these 10 pastors, six of them had gone to some place called Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. Right. And I didn't know anything about it. I was, you know, I was in the Missionary Baptist College, and, and that was it. You know, we had a little school up in Sacramento. But then the next thing that happened was uh, Jerry Falwell uh, was one of those 10 pastors, and he had yeah. a ministry, uh, television ministry, I think it was called Hour of Power, something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was on Sunday nights and he would come on in those days, he would come on late uh, on Sunday night because he didn't want to interfere with, uh, with anybody's church attendance. Mm -hmm. So after our service, you know, I was able to go home and watch him on television. And I thought, wow, I mean, this is incredible. You know, I didn't even, I mean, our little missionary Baptist churches, we were, you know, 70, 80 people, hundred the most. And we were, you know, we were very, um, uh, we just had some doctrinal differences. We thought we were the only ones that were right. Nobody else was in the bride, but us. And yeah, right. not just any Baptist, any, only missionary Baptist. Yeah. And, uh, only missionary Baptists that had been baptized in the right, in the right church. And, you know, we, we would, yeah, I understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I've heard it. So, I've heard it before. Sure. <laughs> so I decided, you know, we just, we prayed about it and just said, you know, we, we need to go there. And so we just packed up our, our bags and uh, moved out there and uh, we arrived on campus and, and we didn't know that, that one of the requirements for going to BBC was that you had to be recommended by a Baptist Bible Fellowship Church. Mm -hmm. So we got, we actually moved all the way from California to Florida, two, two kids, you know, this young couple and, and we showed up there and they said, well, you know, you have to have a recommendation from your sending church. I said, oh, well, my sending church just excommunicated me <laughs> <laughs> for coming here. They called it spiritual fornication because I was, I was going to an independent Baptist college and I said, I don't have a sending church. 
and uh, they really didn't kind of didn't know what to do with me. But but finally, the president of the college met with me and he said, look, let him in. It's, it's OK. So he's, got the, he's, got, he's got he's got what we're looking for. <laughs> we, we went to the BBC and and actually it was it was your former pastor, Roy Thompson, yeah. that that instilled in my heart a desire to plant a church. Mm. He uh, he was in chapel one day in BBC. We spent uh, we spent the we just got the three year degree, you know, and mm-hmm. got out because we figured Jesus was coming. Yes, yeah, sir. Months. I remember those days too. <laughs> we had to go, and uh, so Roy Thompson came through, and he preached in chapel, and he talked about going to Cleveland, and he talked about uh, knocking on I think he said two thousand doors, and then having that first service, and I think your grandfather, yes, if sir. I'm mistaken, yeah. was the only person who showed up. Yeah. And I'm telling you, he told that and God lit a fire in my heart. And then when the invitation came, my wife and I were at the altar saying, oh, God, would you let us start a church? Mm. That's the reason that we, we left there when we left Springfield, we moved out to Redwood City and started a church there in the Bay Area. Now, that church is still uh, going, too, isn't it? Yes, sir, it is. I preached their 45th anniversary last year. Yeah, that's, that is so amazing. So uh, you, pa- you pastored there, planted the church, pastored there, and then you ended up on the mission field. So how did God work in that whole situation? We took a, we took a missions trip. Once Our church was, was, was just right knocking on the door of 500 by the time we'd been there for 10 years. And wow, so we had to give us property. And of course, it was back in the days yeah, when we were sure. buses and things like that, you know, bus ministry, that sort of thing. But, but it, still, it was a very good, solid church, and we had very nice property. God had, God had blessed us. And so we, uh, uh, we took a missions trip with, uh, with some other pastors. And while we were in Hong Kong, we went to, Thai, to Taiwan, went to Hong Kong, we went to uh, Korea, South Korea. And uh, while we were in Hong Kong, the Lord just really burdened our heart about, uh, about starting a church there uh, in, in Hong Kong. Now, we, we, we knew that, uh, you know, I've always felt that, church, that the churches should be pastored by the people. You know, they should be indigenous, should be self-supporting, that sort of thing. And, and I've always and I'd always wondered, you know, why can't we do this in another country like we do it in America? Mm-hmm. You know, Gail and I moved to, to Redwood City. We had uh, one one church, Larry Chapel, uh, Paul's father, was pastoring. Then he gave us fifty. He said, "I'll I'll send you I'll give you fifty dollars a month for six months," mm-hmm. and that was it. Nobody else supported us. And so, you know, we we moved there fifty dollars a month. We got jobs. So, you know, I got a job. I mean, I got to actually got two jobs because we had a baby by then. And yeah. and so we, uh, you know, we did it. And and God blessed, and the church grew. And after a couple of years, about two and a half years, they were able to support us. We were by property and, you know, the buildings and everything. And so I always felt like, you know, why can't that be done on the mission field? Why why you know why can't we train people to do it the same way? And so while we were in Hong Kong, the Lord just really burdened our hearts about, uh, about, about doing that. And uh, so we went back to, to, to Redwood City and uh, really began to pray about it. And uh, we came to the conclusion that it was what we should do. I remember one Sunday night sitting there on the platform and, and uh, a song leader was, was leading, leading singing. He was, he's also a, our song leader at that time, Mike Flint, was a was a graduate of uh, of Baptist Bible College. In fact, he and I went Bible college together. Um, I looked at, looked at, uh, he was leading singing. I looked down 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 the uh, platform there. Uh, my assistant pastor, one of my assistant pastors, was there, uh, who's now pastoring in in uh, in uh, Northern California as well. But you know, I, I started counting, and on the platform there were three of us who were graduates of Bible College. There were, I looked out across the, the, the auditorium and there were another two or three more. 
And I thought, you know, there's, there's five or six guys in here that have graduated from Bible college that um, have been called to the ministry. If I were to say, would one of you be willing to take this church? They would, but nobody's willing to go to Hong Kong. Right. And so um, that night I went home just really burdened about it. And, and uh, God spoke to me uh, from the book of Romans where Paul said uh, that God had called him uh, to, to, uh, to preach the gospel of the regions beyond mm -hmm. to where, where people had not yet heard. Right. And from that passage of scripture, I just really came to the conclusion that this was what God wanted us to do and that we needed to, we needed to, to be obedient and go. Mm -hmm. And so that night I, I really just kind of surrendered it all to the Lord and said, uh, Lord, if you, if you want us to go, you know, uh, I was reading Romans chapter 15. Miguel had already gone to bed. The girls, our, our three daughters were, were, were asleep. And I was uh, Romans chapter 15. He said, yea, so have I strive to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, mm -hmm. lest I should build upon another man's foundation. As it is written to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, they that have not heard shall understand. And then I, and I thought, well, Lord, what about, what about this church? What about the people here that, that where we are? And I read verse 23 said, but now having no more place in these parts, mm. <laughs> having a great desire to come unto you, uh, I'm going to take my journey. And then as I, as I read that, I just, I just came to the conclusion that this is really what God wanted us to do. I read that last verse in verse 32. He says that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God mm. and may with you be refreshed. Yeah. And so, um, so we, we resigned, we turned the church over to another man and, and he came and pastored, did a good job there. He stayed there for another 10 years and the, you know, the, the, the church has just continued on. Right. And so we went to Hong Kong. Uh, we had a, actually I'd come in contact with a Chinese man who was from Hong Kong. I don't know if you remember Lewis Lightfoot from uh, back in the seventies, he pastored a Chinese church uh, up in Oakland, California. Okay. And so I used to go over and that was only about 30 minute drive from me. And I used to go over and preach for him occasionally. And that while I was there, I met about a man by the name of Sam law. Uh, and uh, so brother Lightfoot had, had said to me once, he said, you know, um, brother law is from Hong Kong. He'd like to go back to Hong Kong and start a church. And do you, you know anybody who could maybe help him? And I and I, I didn't. But when after I came back from Hong Kong, I I struck this up again, you know, and said, well, "What about me?" Mm -hmm. And so I began to meet with Sam, and uh, we began to talk and about uh, possibly possibly us going to Hong Kong together, uh, starting a church. He would be the pastor. I would help him as his as his missionary, and that uh, we would start the church together. But with the understanding that we would, you know, he would eventually take that church and I would work with him uh, until he could take it over. And so long story short, we ended up doing that. We went to, I, I went raised the board. I spent one year on deputation. We went to Hong Kong and we started the Daesengeng Chomsan Gaoi, which uh, is first Bible Baptist church. So we started that church. And after a number of years, we uh, had uh, purchased a little building. We turned it over to Brother Law and uh, I came back to the States and uh, he continued on. I have the privilege of while we were there. Now that church, you know, the Lord blessed it, it began to grow. And we had, because I was, because I was American and I couldn't speak Cantonese, I could, you know, we could learn to speak enough to get along, but I'd get around, but I couldn't preach in it. Mm -hmm. So obviously I had to use an interpreter and Sam was interpreter. So what, what transpired Hong Kong is it's not like a normal city in China that would be, 
almost all Chinese. It's, 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 all, you know, it's very heavy Chinese, obviously, but it was a British colony at the time. Right. So there were a lot of foreigners there mm-hmm. and uh, Filipinas. There were, I think something like 300,000 Filipina uh, maids were there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we began to have some, some people show up that were English speaking and said, you know, we can't, we want to come because we can understand it because it's translated, translated. And so uh, we bought a little building, bought a little apartment. We knocked up, knocked out all the walls. We turned it into a big auditorium or somewhat big, big for Hong Kong. It had about, it seemed about 80. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we grew and we had about 40 Chinese and about 40 English speaking, mainly Filipinas, you know, but all there were some British people and a couple of Americans there as well, you know, but mainly Filipinas and then, and then a few uh, other foreigners. So our auditorium was full. So I, I told Sam, I said, Sam, why don't we do this? Let's split up. Let, let's start two morning services. Uh, I'll, I'll preach the English service and you preach the Chinese service. And, uh, and then Sunday night, we'll combine them. And I'll preach in English and you translate it into Chinese. And then Wednesday night, uh, in order to help, to help me and to help you as well, you preach in Chinese and I'll interpret it in English for, the, for my family and a few others who come on Wednesday night, you know, uh, who are English speaking. So that really helped me with my language. I was able to interpret as he preached uh, in, in Chinese and then it gave him the ability to really begin to take the lead among the Chinese, among the Chinese congregation. Okay. So we did that and uh, we began to uh, fill up the building again. Um, and then we, you know, it, it ended up really splitting into, into two churches after I left. Mm-hmm. When I left, it was still, when, when Sam took it over, he was taking care of the English and the, and the Chinese. But the one one of the mistakes that I made in Hong Kong was that I, I didn't I didn't really understand that uh, Pastor Law was not ready mm-hmm. to uh, to even though he spoke English you know he he had he had come from Hong Kong he grew up in Hong Kong moved to, to uh, they immigrated to Oakland California when he was about 15 16 17 years old so he spoke English but he wasn't proficient in it right. uh, I guess it would be kind of like me with Cantonese, you know, right, I, I, could right, get, right. I could say enough to get, get through. I didn't need anybody to help me out in the marketplace, that sort of thing. But right. so I, um, I thought that, that because, you know, everybody knew Sam, everybody loved Sam. Most of the English speaking people were Filipinos and English is not their first language either. Right. Yeah. They, but they, they spoke English, but, uh, and, but, you know, I thought this is, this, this will work. And so I said, Sam, I think you can do this. You can pastor both groups, you know, and, uh, and he did, but he just wasn't comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. So, so what he did was he turned it over to a, to an American mm-hmm. and, and that turned out to be the very, really the best thing that could happen to it. Well, that's great. He, yeah. yeah. And so that thing, they kind of, they split it up and uh, they actually sold the building that, that, that we had bought that we, that little apartment we bought for $80,000. They sold it for $500,000 they used that money to expand the Chinese and the, and the English. And then the missionary came in and that little group of maybe 80 uh, English speaking people grew to about 400. Wow. That's amazing. American. And then the Chinese just continued on as well. Wow. That's amazing. Well, as we're uh, kind of wrapping up here today, let me just ask you, just take a few moments to uh, challenge our listeners about the, the need in the 1040 window. And uh, you know, uh, perhaps if uh, maybe one of our listeners is interested in, in helping or maybe having you come and present that ministry to their church. Uh, you can give them some information about that as well. 
As I said, we, we left uh, we left Liberty Baptist, turned it over to Ryan Thompson, turned it over to a younger man. He's doing a great job there. And uh, that became our sending church and the the really the, the house of the sponsoring church for this ministry, Barnabas 1040. And uh, we moved over to China, not because we were missionaries to China. We lived there so that we could gain access into the other countries. It was, okay. it was very, very close to be, very quick to be there. And uh, we began to meet uh, other missionaries, some guys like Johnny Esposito, um, uh, several of them that have been very, very helpful. Some places uh, where we work, we, we work with uh, American missionaries. Some places we work with Filipino missionaries. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are no American missionaries in a particular country, such as Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work with Filipinos, we work with Bangladesh people. Um, in Laos, communist Laos, we work with Johnny Esposito. But we... Um, uh, We've been able to to help them starting churches. Now, the, the, the reason this is so important, I think, is because that 1040 window is uniquely um, uniquely prone to not accepting foreigners. You know, right. it, it's exactly. a little more difficult there, as you know. Mm-hmm. There are some countries that it doesn't mean that that people in the 1040 window don't like Americans. I, I for example, I go to Vietnam regularly. Been there several times. We support a number of people in Vietnam. I think we have nine uh, different national pastors we support in Vietnam now. And uh, I have never, and even 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 though the Vietnam War and that sort of thing took place, I've never felt uh, rejected by the people. Uh, they seem they seem kind. They seem gracious. Uh, in fact, I have a picture that I, that I carry with me of uh, of a a man my age who's a pastor. And we we both we're both holding up pictures of ourselves when we were when we were in the war. Uh, and yeah. so uh, he's he's same age as me. So when I was 18 years old, he was 18 years old, and he mm. was fighting the war, and I was fighting the war. Right. And uh, and and now we're we're dear friends, you know. Isn't that but, amazing? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So the the but but the area over there, people are suspicious. The governments are suspicious. For example, the, the entire time that my wife lived for, for about, about three, three and a half years, we lived in, actually lived in China. We spent a year on deputation when we first left the church. And we came back after the crackdown in 2019. But um, we never felt um, rejected, isolated by the people, but we were always watched. Mm-hmm. You know, always. There are cameras everywhere. Um, there, there, you know, the gov- Chinese government is extremely uh, in control of what's going on there. They have the social uh, credit scores for all the people. They're similar to what we're seeing even happen here in America with the uh, political correctness and being woke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have to you have to walk the line. If you don't, then you can't right. get a job, or you can't you know right borrow money. It's, it's like what what some people are wanting to, to institute here in the states. Um, but we. Uh, we, we've just seen God do some wonderful things. As I said, we have about 79 different pastors and missionaries we're working with. And um, the Lord is just blessed. Our, our website, if, uh, if a pastor might be interested in, in our website, it's barnabas1040.com. Okay. And uh, they could contact us through that, through, through that website as far as uh, possibly presenting the ministry or something. Well, very good. Well, I can, uh, if any of our listeners are interested, I, I certainly can vouch for Brother Tomlinson and his uh, his credibility uh, as a man of God, but also uh, just somebody who wants to serve the Lord. Well, Brother Tomlinson, I thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to uh, be with me and to be a part of our podcast, the Labors and the Harvest podcast. And again, it's been a great joy to have you join us. I hope that you uh, 
God blesses uh, this 2021 as we're launching off. Hopefully we can uh, see some things lift and make uh, travel back and forth across the water a little bit easier. Well, Pastor, I hope so. You know, we built a, uh, uh, we built a, we're able to raise money to build an orphanage in, in Myanmar last year. Mm. And uh, just, uh, just yesterday, I was texting with the, uh, the pastor there of that, of that uh, orphanage, and he's hoping that we can dedicate it. He wanted to dedicate it in January this year. Of course, not happening. So right. we're looking at uh, perhaps November of 2019 uh, before we can get there. And then I also got a, a text this morning from one of our, one of our men we support in, in Vietnam, uh, in Dalat. And he's wanted us to come over, and I, I wrote him back, and I said, "Brother, I'm I'm going to try to come in November of 2019, but we just got to get those countries open again." So, yes, sir. yeah, that's the biggest thing. I, you know, since I started uh, traveling for Spiritual Leadership Asia, have not been able to get to uh, Asia yet because yeah. of the whole thing. But uh, anyway, we're we're going to get there. Just uh, God's timing. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, thank you for allowing me. Uh, God bless you, and have a great evening. Thank you, my friend. God bless your work. Uh-huh. Bye bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for the last two weeks as we have had a wonderful conversation with uh, Dwight Tomlinson and who heads up the ministry of Barnabas 1040. Once again, thank you for listening. And if you can encourage others to uh, pick up on our podcast, we think that uh, our podcast is a little unusual because it is kind of an interview type of format. And uh, we're excited about the opportunity that we have to share these different stories of people and God's call in their life and the way, uh, the journey that God has brought them on uh, in ministry. The whole idea, of course, of labors and the harvest is to encourage others to be involved in the Lord's harvest. As we look at our world, we see it rapidly changing. There's certainly a need for people to step up uh, as God leads them and directs them. And that's our whole hope that we can encourage others uh, to be a part of what God is doing in this world. God is looking for laborers. There's no question about that. Uh, he told us in Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 38 that we are to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'd send forth laborers into his harvest. And uh, we know that the, truly the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. So again, thank you for being a part of Labors in the Harvest podcast. If we can help you, we'd love to do that. Please feel free to reach out to us, contact us. We'd love to interact with you. God bless you, and we hope that you have a great day. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest.